I'm Lewis Ludlow and you're listening to Cherry Jam. Hello and welcome to episode 8, series 5 of Cherry Jam. Myself, Ed Price, Russ Brooks, James Eastwood, also known as Snowy, and Jim Harley. Uh, wow, what a weekend. What a weekend of rugby from Gloucester's ridiculous last five minutes to beat Quinn's all the way through to probably the best game of rugby or one of the best games of rugby I've ever seen in Ireland versus New Zealand. Oh, topped even then by South Africa, France. Plus England managed to get to a semi-final of a World Cup, which is just funny. Uh, right, we're going to start off, though, this week with uh, a chat about Gloucester v Quinns because it was Gloucester's first league game of the season. Uh, we're in the semi-finals of the Prem Cup uh, with five wins from five. Uh, we're playing against the Quinns side. Much change, obviously, because of World Cup absentees. And um, Jim, I think we can safely describe the last five minutes of that game as utterly, utterly bonkers. Yes, very, very bonkers. And I actually watched, as you described, the last five minutes, which I believe is a 25 minute YouTube video. Um, <laughs> it will, it will be. Yeah. It, yeah, I think I watched it, watched it again yesterday. And it's even more bonkers when you watch it a second time, I mean, obviously some people got to watch it the first time live on uh, whatever service they were using. Hmm. But um, yeah, absolutely ridiculous in the extreme. Yeah. But, and, know, that's and also, well, it is rugby. And also, Jim, um, I think I safely say that both of us stayed because we can't say that about everybody. No, I mean, come on. It's not over till it's over. Everyone I mean, knows that. It, I mean, it was it, it, it was really kind of over. over. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I'm not one for leaving. I don't need to, in the vast majority of circumstance, need to get out, you know, before the rush or whatever it may be. You know, get, yeah, get a train or bus. Um, I know some people are, you know, got other things on and they want to just get out with a couple of minutes to go, especially when the game's looking like it's done and dusted. Um, so I'm kind of lucky in that regard. But those that did leave early, boy, did you miss a nice finish. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the finish in a bit more detail in a second. But um, Snowy, we'll, we'll say, we'll, let's go through the sort of the first half first. I know you were kind of watching in and out of this uh, of this game, but um, Gloucester started as, as per normal, dreadfully. Uh, knock on from the kickoff. Uh, Quinn's with the first attack of the day, of the game, sorry, and scored from that from that attack um but Gloucester did well to just kind of work themselves back into the game and get a, a lead and and, and at half time I think what with two points down at half time um or two points up maybe I can't remember now uh, but anyway we it was very close at half time um your impressions of that first half um uh, particularly with the the di- this difference certainly in the style of play Gloucester uh went with probably the whole game to be fair because um mm. I don't. I I I I think we sort of played the same sort of style as we have been playing the Premiership Cup, which is a positive, in that we did try and move the ball around. There was a bit of box kicking, and we sort of had to try and shore it up a bit in the second half and, and kicked mm. a bit more. But generally, we moved the ball around a, a lot more um, than we have been. I thought Atkinson at centre, the 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 Atkinson two, um, <laughs> had a, had a really good game, and I, I think he'll he'll be really good for us this season. Um, that said, I felt, and it's a trouble with games that swing on a fine margin, isn't it? Because yeah. your opinion can swing from 
this was just an absolute dreadful waste of potential points to we've taken five points and we didn't even put out a, our best side for it couldn't be more perfect yeah but, <laughs> but but the reality is we were we were a very very fine moment or one little bit of stupidity away from my opinion being that we had completely just chucked a load of easy points down the drain because I didn't feel like we put out the best side that that we could have. And I think resting resting players for what is the first game of the season just just seems nonsensical to me as a as a tactic. Um but yeah in terms of how we played we moved it around nicely. We did look like a team that well I find it funny in rugby that yeah, you, you, you watch that Premiership side, and then you watch some of the international rugby, and it's like they're playing two completely different sports. Yeah. The intensity is a million miles away. the The skills on show are just completely different league, and you don't get that. If I watch Championship football and then watch international football, there's not that big a difference between them. But, but I, I yeah, that's sort of a a separate point. But I, I, I felt like both sides. You can tell the international players. Are, lacking the quality is sort of a notch below where it needs to be first game of the season sometimes that's often the case as well um i'm sort of of the opinion that we got five points and that's massive because it's important to note it's important to note sometimes i think it's important for coaches to note as well that the points that you get at the beginning of the season are worth just as much as the points that you get in march when you're playing saracens at home and you've put out the best team possible and people are injured and they're all fighting for every moment the points are the same they all add up the same at the end of the season um so actually i i, I think it would be really good if as we are not so hit by internationals as a lot of these teams we take a few risks in this early part of the season and put out the best team we possibly can, get the momentum and just rack up points as much as we can during this next couple of months. Um, or even a bit longer because now that England's progressed, there's going there's to be a, a few players that are going to be more restricted in how much game time they can play when they come back as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, just on the on the um, start of play, it was a refreshing change. I mean, it it was basically what we were playing the last few weeks of the season yeah. after La Rochelle. Um, it was that style, but a little bit more structured because we've got a backs coach now rather than just let's chuck it around and see what happens. Um, what I felt was lacking was again the. It was a very interesting. Game game plan Gloucester played in terms of the forwards, we were really not competing at the rucks, like at all. Um, and um, it, it, it meant that Quinns had a lot of quick ball and we were then obviously relying on our tackling and our, our ability to make Quinns make a mistake. And I think for the first half, Quinns didn't make many mistakes. There weren't many knock-ons, etc. And then you'll run. Then obviously they made one big mistake at the end. Jim, did you have any opinions on the style of play or certain players that stood out for you? Um, well, there's one obvious uh, newcomer that stood <laughs> yes. out, um, and that was uh, James Forrester. Oh, sorry, I mean uh, Zach Mercer, <laughs> yeah. who um, had that classic Django spin into contact, and I don't think the first defender stopped him once no. every single time got past the game line um there was one offload and i forget who took the ball but it was just sublime um 
So, yeah, Zach Mercer, um, a sign of incredibly awesome, wonderful things to come uh, by the looks. Um, so that was really good. Um, and, you know, I get the feeling that, that Barton kind of was pulling the strings. Um, I don't think it should be underestimated quite how good that final penalty into the corner was. Yeah, um, I think another three millimeters. It might have been touching goal. Yeah, there were a few. There were a few sort of um, gasps in the in the, yeah. in the grandstand. I'll be honest, um, mate. <laughs> yeah, obviously, and that's something that that Hastings uh, got wrong a few times um, in recent times. Mm. Um, not making touch, you know, going for going for a long one and not quite making it. Although, Bungie Barton did it twice, didn't he? Barton missed touch yeah. twice on on Saturday. Um, and I, and you know, there was the one I think. From my one eye, it looked like the guy had landed with a heel on one little bit of white plastic on the line. Um, so I, I said, no, he's landed on the line. That should still be our throw-in. But yeah, to like you say, so to have kind of fallen foul of um, of penalty to touch um, on a couple of occasions because maybe he's pushing it. Right at the death when it absolutely counted the most, um, he he went for it. So I, I'm yeah. really pleased that he's showing that kind of level of confidence. Um, and yeah, I think I, I agree with Snowy really that um, we we could have potentially put out a stronger side. Um, so it's interesting. Why would we not? Especially you know, if we'd have if the TMO hadn't stepped in and I'd say take my hat off again to Ludlow for his captaincy there um, I was aware of it a little bit because my friend was listening to RefLink and she kind of relayed some of the messages but watching the highlights you can definitely hear um, through the ref mic Ludlow um, asking about the the head contact um, and mentioning it quite a few times so Maxwell Keys was like, oh, yeah, well, don't worry, it's being looked at. And then it was kind of, no, can you confirm that it's being looked at? And mm. so I think, and it wasn't badgering, it was just really, really good captaincy, um, making sure that that was being looked at. Um, we were probably lucky in a way that there was a bit of a stoppage, I think, and the, the, the conversion, although the conversion was taken, there was a lot of delay, and then there was a delay with the restart as well. So it could have easily been the game restarted and that was it game over we've lost you know five points to nil um so hats off to Ludlow there I thought um he, he, he's he's becoming the captain I always wanted him to be in that regard like looking after the referees so brilliant um and um and yeah you know it went from five nil to five nil five five one so well five one yeah sure. yeah league league point wise I mean that is absolutely huge um, and Snow is absolutely right that we've got to get points um, while we have got the slight advantage of potentially having a, a, a stronger squad in comparison to other teams um, during this little bit of World Cup window. Yeah, we'll come on to some of the other results and and obviously one in, one, one in particular, which was kind <laughs> of stood out. Uh, yeah. Um, but just on 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 sort of the Gloucester performance overall, um, I didn't think we played badly. That was the thing. We even if we'd lost, I I would have been 
frustrated because Snowy quite rightly made the point. It felt like it, it up until the you know reversal due to TMO, it did feel like we'd missed an opportunity because we had a lot of good opportunity. We had a, made a lot of good opportunities, I should say, um, to score points, hadn't taken them, uh, and there were just daft little mistakes which were frustrating that meant that Quinn's were able to get into the game and to build a lead. I thought Quinns did particularly well that last 20 minutes, ironically until the last last minute, of being incredibly well disciplined. Uh, yes. And, and, you know, they, they obviously worked out very quickly that they're not a, t- a side that normally kicks very much, but Quinns did kick a lot more against us on Saturday. Uh, making us try, well, basically trying to make us play from the from deep or or kick the ball back and and make a mistake. So, um, there was it was it was an interesting game. Um, I think uh, Fraser, bless him, uh, great to see him back. But I I think he would have been murdered uh, uh, at halftime for not passing the ball uh, for that two on one. We I think it was it Mercer on the outside of him possibly. I it might have been uh, Varney. But anyway, it was a it was a two. It might have even been a, a two on two. But both of the players were like directly in front of Fraser, and Fraser decided, "No, I'm going to run into both of you." Um, but you know, it ended up being the other cult hero of Gloucester rugby, Jamal, who finished it off with the with the winning try, which is nice to see um, as well. Uh, yeah, and on that, actually, again, Ludlow. I mean, after afterwards, after the try was given, or after the try was, where am I? Yeah. Ludlow mm. was basically in the ear of Maxwell Keys throughout that whole process, reminding him we had penalty advantage. Uh, yes. And just kind of going, come on, you said you, you awarded the try. Surely it's got to be given. I think he was getting a little bit impatient. He started to... But it did go bit, on for three and a half minutes. And and it was ridiculous. The, the TMO, I don't know who the TMO was. Do we know that? No, I mean they the were thing not is, it, a confident person. <laughs> no, it, the pro- the course the problem is, isn't it? If is the TMO is going to check the try, there wasn't clear grounding visible. Um, but surely then in that case, if the referee's given the try, there isn't any clear grounding visible. It should be a bit quicker than that. But I suppose it just all adds to the drama. If it had been the way round and we were, and it had been Quinn scoring the try, we we'd want it reversed because, you know, we would have found some reason. Um, Final thing before we move on regarding Gloucester. Um, how good was it to see the uh, the the uh, tug of war back, Jim? Do you know what? It was good. It was really good. Um, and there were obviously some people around me that didn't know it was coming back because you know there were like murmurs when the rope came out. Proper <laughs> old school. Um, uh, and I kind of I, I I like it. I think I think it's brilliant. It's a proper traditional thing. Um, I love the way that they probably spent more time putting their gloves on than yes. they did actually doing the pull. I have suggested maybe best of three. If they've invested that much time in getting their PPE on, maybe they could just quickly swap and then swap again if need be to do a best of three. Well, it took him um, 10 minutes to get the bloody rope out. Yeah, and I'm sure you know, potentially it was supposed to be a best of three, but they just ran out of time. Um, because what we can't have is obviously that's still on the pitch and being put away and stuff when they come out for the second half. But brilliant. Um, I I hope that word gets out like to our visiting fans and, you know, it, it almost becomes a bit of a, a league situation. I mean, it would be fantastic if, 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 every, if every club had one and, you know, we could have our touring tug-of-war team 
playing, um, you know, having having uh, bouts against uh, against teams on, on away games. But yeah, I think we had a couple of Harlequins fans actually on that mat. There, we had a couple of Harlequins fans in the shed. Mm. Um, one in his Harlequin blazer um, was making a lot of noise right up until about the final whistle, and then <laughs> disappeared. Um, but you know, as much as we were like, "Oh, come on, don't be so one-eyed," we would have That's done coming exactly from you, Jim. the same. Yeah, we would have done second. exactly the same if the roles were reversed, um, and it definitely added to the um, the atmosphere. Um, he was a bit of a dick, but so am I. No, not really. Um, we'll, we'll just briefly move on to the other the other results. And and um, Snowy, you you mentioned it. Uh, and then once we've kind of got this out of the way, we'll bring in Russ to talk about the internationals um, in the World Cup. But uh, one of the big results of the weekend was Exeter sixty five Saracens is it ten or fourteen, one of the two, um, something like that. Which I mean, Exeter were forty four nil up at half time. Um, bonus bonus point after about. 15, 16 it was, minutes. It was it was early and yeah, pre first twenty. It was mm. ridiculous. That's um, got to be the worst. I mean, I watched that up until halftime. That's got to be the worst Saracens performance I've ever seen. I think and that's you know, well, certainly since they've you know certainly since they learned how to uh, be professional, shall we say? Since they since they learned how I guess, uh, advanced the balance of books, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, it is it is frustrating. I think from a league point of view that you've got half a flipping squad away with the World Cup, um, and and you're still playing the league. But look, it's, it affects everybody in different ways. Obviously, Gloucester. Probably, if you were asked to ask most Gloucester fans, would you expect that all but two of our players would be would be still in in France, uh, or three of our players still in France um, when it came to the uh, semi-finals? You'd think, nah, nah, it's not going to happen. But the fact that um, you know we we're, we're bringing Harris, Reece Samit, and um, uh, Tuasui back, and then we've still got three. Uh, Argentinians and Johnny May, um, yeah, we're and they're key players as well. Let's be honest, and we're not, we're not, we're not. They're, they're big players for us, so we're, we're affected as well. Um, it, it's too early, obviously. First week of the season, you'd expect Saracens to come strong as as they get their players back in the next couple of weeks, but um, it, it's still funny. And obviously, Gloucester have got to take advantage. Um, we've got Newcastle away this Friday. We've got Saracens the following Friday. We, we have to take advantage. We've got to try and first of all get over this stupid hoodoo up at Newcastle where we, we just don't turn up most week, most years. And we've got to beat Saracens for the first time. Well, I think we, apart from the end of the league season a couple of years ago where they put a B side out, we've got to we've got to basically do what we did to them a couple of years ago and put 60 odd points on them. Um because we'll probably have all but Johnny back by that point. Oh, Johnny and Carreras back. So um, I'm hoping we got something out of that. Right. Um, overall, great five points. It could have been zero. So we've got to think uh, think that was a good thing. We're going to move on to the World Cup and talk about England, Fiji, Ireland, New Zealand, South Africa, South Africa, France and Wales, Argentina. And the just joy of some of the best rugby we've ever seen.
This is Jamal Ford Robinson, and you are listening to the Cherry Jam Podcast. How's that? Right, we said at the end of the last bit of the pod that um, some of the best rugby we've ever seen. We are going to start with England Fiji, so that doesn't apply. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about England Fiji first. Snowy, England are in the semi-final of the World Cup, which is probably about as good as we could have really expected at the beginning of this tournament. It was quite a good game as well, I thought. It was a good game, yeah. I'm being a bit scrappy early on, but it was sort of back and forth. Should England-Fiji ever be that close and that good a game? Probably not. (laughs) I think that says um, where we are. Um, (laughs) I thought we we did look better. We had stepped our game up. Um, I thought we we played it about quite nicely. Um, Farrell actually had quite a good game, I thought, from 10, sort of distributed well. and the scrum half, remind me, Mitchell. 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 I thought he was really quick getting it away from the base, and that meant that we actually had some momentum, which is not very England at all. No. Um, so we actually looked a bit more dangerous in attack. Thought Johnny May had a good game um, <laughs> in that he got got involved and tended to make very good decisions and a couple of yeah. really good tackles. I don't think he's an attacking threat anymore, which is, you know, I, I why he's in there when he's not much of an attacking threat I don't really understand but um, I thought I thought he had a solid game um, and we got through I mean it's just it's so unbalanced imbalanced isn't it the uh, the, yeah. the way the World Cup proceedings have worked I understand yeah. why, why why it worked that way and it's not a bad approach it's just bad luck I think that teams that weren't that good have got very good and vice versa Um because it's a it's a shame that some of the teams that have gone out when really you would have liked the two games for the weekend to be the semi-finals and then the winners yeah. of them be the final, whichever way around it went. But anyway, we are the only side representing the Northern Hemisphere. We're the only unbeaten side in the tournament. <laughs> so we're, we're definitely going to win it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else about the game itself? Um, I thought even though Fiji did come back into it and they came back into it, a, because they started really playing with tempo and moving the ball around as they can, uh, yeah. and we struggled, and B, because England dropped off. But to be fair, probably the most positive thing about the whole game was our response to once it went to yeah. a drawing position. And from that point, it never looked like Fiji were going to win it. I we, think... we, 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 we controlled it. We controlled field position, um, got the drop goal, got the penalty, and we just we saw it away. So, that, yeah, that was positive. Fiji are always a difficult one to gauge, though, I think, because they're at their most dangerous when they've got nothing to lose or and actually they're they're probably the worst team to get a good lead against because they just they just go into a different mode of play than anyone else don't they they just go straight into right we're gonna go shit or bust and actually they chased us down and put a lot of pressure on but then they kind of went back into their shell a little bit when we when we drew when they drew level sorry but I think mm. like you said snow some of that was down to the way we managed that game quite well and yeah I thought that was the best performance I've seen from Farrell for a long time um, yeah. I also like that out of in the battle of the shit houses he's the last one standing um, you know so <laughs> yeah kind of people must be absolutely blowing their minds that he's there especially as people wanted him banned for life um, but yeah it was we as should bad, say, we... good as a result as we, I, I'm still 
my mind is still blown that the final could. It's not going to be, but it's could not potentially to, but be it could Argentina, be England. Yeah. Argentina, England, the World Cup final. Um, yeah, I know. Um, actually, just going to quickly just uh, interrupt you there, Russ, because we need we do need to tell a story of what happened in Lille because regarding Farrell, because it it was really really funny. It's more about the Saracens supporters who were in front of us. So, picture the scene. We're at the stadium. Uh, this time, not two and a half hours early much to the joy of uh, Snowy, Jim and Loz. But uh, Let's just be seat. clear though, Ed was stressing about being late. I was, we, yeah. We, uh, we, were down to about 50, we were down to about 55 minutes until kickoff when he got in the stadium and he sprinted in. Yeah, I was I was, I was, was getting a bit of anxiety. <laughs> the anxiety was kicking in properly. We, we determined that I have massive anxiety issues about being late for anything, particularly rugby matches. Anyway, um, so... Uh, we we were sat there, and uh, the first the first hint of a tr- of trouble was when they announced the teams, and Johnny May's name was shouted when that was announced, and I I sort of went glass, very you know Johnny May got na- named. The bloke in front of me suddenly went, oh no, Gloucester supporters, which I did think was a bad sign. It then got worse. Uh, about I want to say. Well, no, I'll tell you what, it was Ollie Chesham scored. And the woman in front of me sat next to him, turned around to me and the slad who I was sitting next to and went, who does Ollie Chesson play for? I only know who the Sar- I only know the Saracens players. So you thought, great, we're 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 the really good sort of rugby intelligentsia here. This is going to be a good 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 day. Um it then progressively got worse because the bloke then turned around and said, Oh yes, we've beaten, we've thumped Gloucester in the in the cup. Um, only for me to t- explain to him that that was Hartbury uh, and Gloucester had been playing Coventry uh, and won, unlike Saracens had done a few weeks before. That got their back up. Um, and then with about five minutes to go before half time, the moment that I think they probably regretted all afternoon, which was the woman got up in, in front of me, got up, said to the guy next to me, who hadn't said a single word the whole half, and said, Will you please stop? This anti-Saracens club politics. I'm going to report you. You're ruining my weekend. Now, unfortunately for her, the guys sat next to the people, both I was sat next to, were all Harlequin supporters. And the second half, uh, they were quite vocal uh, about how much they didn't like Saracens and how much they didn't like Owen Farrell, compounded obviously by the fact that Owen Farrell uh, got timed out on the kick. Uh, Snowy and Jim and Loz were behind me, so they kind of got this sort of second hand, but did enjoy the fact that these two, these three people were getting absolute dog's abuse. It was um, quite funny. But basically, once she showed her, her colours, <laughs> then uh, we were all very respectful. But the guys to our right <laughs> just destroyed her. <laughs> non-stop every time Owen Farrell got near the ball they just ripped into him <laughs> and, he was, was... and he did a lot of really really bad stuff it wasn't just the out of time kick there were passes that didn't oh, go to hand there was, was loads of stuff and he was just like oh here he is again absolute bag <laughs> of shit yeah mm, I and might have they, lost they, my call a bit they, when they probably he... had a little bit of, um, of, of Marcus Smith kind of wanting to, to, to see him have a play yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, I, I, I did, I did kind of. I'm, I even, I thought, did I go overboard a little bit when Owen Farrell got timed out? But no, shout, that is inexcusable. No. 
shouting shouting he can't even fucking count now i think was one of my better remarks from the day um but yeah so overall brilliant weekend again um apart from lawrence where we might want to kill him because of his snoring again but the other than that it was fine and um it was just a very enjoyable moment of of just ribbing saracen supporters um back to england generally um i thought there was a moment in that second half where i i uh, nat was suggesting my wife was thinking about moving out and we just invite ben earl to live here because i was expressing my undying love for him on a regular basis um um but no the run the run after they got it when i think it was not far not long after they'd equalized and uh and ben, ben earl had uh, had gone up the, the other end on that incredible run um, I think if he'd scored, it would have probably been England's best ever try. It was just, it was a ridiculous run, a ridiculous line. And um, it, that pretty much won the game really. Cause I think that set up the, that set up the penalty and then the drop goal followed on afterwards. Um, I'd, say, I'd say it was him not getting turned over at the end of the run was one of the most impressive yeah. bits as well, because he went into contact. He obviously knew he didn't have support right up his arse. He kind of held the ball up a little bit, so he delayed maybe a second before mm. he actually went to ground. And when he went to ground, he didn't do anything silly. He didn't try and do an extra roll or do a squeeze ball or anything. He just, he did just enough. And to be fair, I don't know who the, the players were that were coming in to secure it, but they did just enough. Yeah, And maybe you could say Fiji were obviously tired at that point probably should have dug a little deeper and tried a bit harder because I think they could have won a penalty there if they'd have gone all eight to try and turn that over. Mm. I think he's definitely been one of our better players um, this World Cup. I think he's um, been our best player by a mile, personally. But it's um, not saying a lot because no. you know, it's still bizarre. I think what worries me is this... <clears throat> they're, for all the good, there are still some what the fuck are you doing there moments with that team, and they are like not just even like slight ones. And I know you got defensive of him, Ed, but Ed Ellis Genge getting slapped about right on the five meter line and cried to it, he slapped me, and then getting the penalty just turned yeah. out. There's just little moments like that that, um, you know, are you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, and against all the teams we cannot afford to do. We can't give any any easy outs or anything to South Africa. So I just really hope that some of that is cut out. And it wasn't just him, to be fair. And I like Ellis Genge, and I think off front row are going to need a massive game if we're going to have any chance in the semi-final. So. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, I will make a point. So on the Ellis Genge stuff, I, I why I got defensive and why I have a lot of sympathy is if that had been roles reversed... And and I do I look I I'm not a fan of Farrell, but if Farrell's playing and he's playing well, crack on. You know, at the end of the day, we're in this World Cup semi final. Let's just, just to a point. Let's just support the lads at this point. Um, but the Genge thing, I was like, if that had been the other way around and Genge had done that, everyone would be going absolutely in on him, and almost certainly you'd imagine there would be a like, oh, be course the yellow cards or red cards or you can't do that. It's disgraceful, etc. But when it happens to him, it's oh man up, suck it up. All the no, rest of it. I, 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 I get, get frustrated with that. No, I get what you're saying, but equally, if that was Liam Williams going, oh, he slapped me, I would be going, oh fuck off, you. Yeah, because he's Welsh, and that's absolutely the right thing to do. Um, but I, 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 I anyway, his horses for well. courses. I just, yeah, yeah it's. In, in rugby, the worst, the, it's all retaliation always trumps the, 
the issue of the fence quite often, so he knew yeah. what he was doing. I, anyway, I'm being a Norse now just to annoy you. So I'll just, <laughs> that. Um, um, just one other final thing on the England game. Um, you mentioned it there. Like, do we? Do any of us realistically think we are going to get within 15 points of South Africa? Now, I'm not even considering winning at this point. Do we think we're going to get within 15 points? If we, I, what annoys me is if we could probably pick a team that would make it very hard for them, um, and we wouldn't. But we won't pick that team. I think you need someone like Ford at 10, who's just going to. If Farrell plays like he did against Fiji and we just drill him down and pin him back and make it hard, yes. I mean, it sounds like um, Marcus Smith has failed a HIA, so full But he wasn't going to play anyway, was he? No, no, he, no. He, he wasn't going to play because they, all they're going to do is they're going to just drop bombs on Stuart all yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. So, so I f- it's how we respond to it. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this because of all the teams in the world I hate the most, South Africa are up there. And I would love us to be the side that turn them over. Um, so I'm probably not thinking. I've got a feeling it might be a lot closer than a lot of people think. But Snowy, what do you recommend? Yeah, I think we got a chance because what what an England side can do when they're the underdogs, especially at sort of this stage yeah. of a, a, a tournament, is strangle the opposition. Yeah, like we're not going to be able to create a lot. If we score tries, it'll probably be for a rolling ball. We need to just what we need to do is ju- just defend freaking hard. Mm. Um, South Africa are a physical side. They they're not. They've now got a lot of pace on the wings, but they're not they're not really a creative side. And I think in a way, like France played into their hands a bit simply because France were the aggressors in just trying to score at a pace and move the ball really fast. And when a game's that broken, even though the quality was extremely high, the yeah. game is still broken. So there's still opportunities there. I think what we can do is just make the game as boring as possible. Yeah. Make it make it a kick fest. Make it you know, we're we're just not giving them any space. Strangle them, knock over kicks, knock over drop goals. Hope for a bit of luck, and we we could be in it with like a a twelve nine or something. I I agree, Snow. I think that was my. I think if we we've I think we could frustrate them if we play in the right way. Don't force it, like you said, France, and we'll come on to it. it kind of did, mm. and um, I think they'd be a bit more stupid to call a mark as a scrum against things like that. You know, Razzie's going to try and do something fucking daft, isn't he? That you know, and play off. We've just got to not got to play the games. Shut up. And I think also there's an element of it could be a bit of that Lar- Gloucester versus La Rochelle effect. We've got nothing to lose in this game. No one expects us to win, so hopefully the guys will step it up a level because it's a semi-final and you just hope, I think if we bring that right intensity and don't get bullied against South Africa, which one thing an England team is always good at is that physicality. I think then we've got a chance. Yeah. Um, Jim, your thoughts? Um, I think we are potentially unlucky with the referee appointment. Um, I think um, Southern Hemisphere ref probably will be playing a game or allowing a game that um, is more for South Africa than it is for us. Um, and I think we've got to just, we, we cannot afford to make a single mistake. And that's like, we, we've got to be just on the money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the penalty count has been a lot better for England this World Cup. We've, reg- we've, we've significantly improved our discipline. 
outside of the Ben Curry. I mean, Ben Curry was on a one-man mission to get himself sent off again on um, on on Saturday. I'm oh, so, um, sorry, on Sunday. But um, I, generally, the, the the discipline has been a lot better. But we're going to have to be almost perfect. Um, I, you, I you can so, get away with you can get away with I, again, like you know, penalties that potentially stop tries or are the case. You know, clever penalties are harder to do these days because of the yellow card. Um, you can't do the old-fashioned Leicester drop the ball, drop them all on the on the far, uh, on the line out three times and get away with it. You, uh, it just doesn't happen anymore. Um, so I, I'm I'm probably uh, weirdly, and I know I'm, I'm normally the most optimistic of us when it comes to England. I'm probably the most pessimistic because I just think I can't see us having the discipline, not necessarily giving penalties away, but making sure we stay sh- the same shape. That it, not doing the daft errors um, that 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 can lead to to easy opportunities for South it, Africa. This is where I almost disagree with Jim. That I think actually having O'Keefe is almost a good thing because he lets so much fucking go, which is kind of what happened in that France South Africa game. And yeah. it goes back to a point Snowy made about like not seeing a diff in sport rugby. There's a, such a big golf in intensity at international. This weekend showed how big an impact referee decisions, appointments make. Because I think Ireland's game would have been very different if it wasn't Wayne Barnes, for well, example. Well, I was going to say, if we come on to that then, you know, the, the, we can, but, however you yeah. want to do it. Ireland, New Zealand first, or uh, South Africa, France uh, first, I, whatever I, I, your We bring it on uh, in a minute. But I, I think, actually, we almost can get away with a little bit more at the breakdown if we're a bit canny than we would have done if we had someone... Obviously, we can't have rain bonds, but if you had someone who's a bit more hot on that breakdown, I think mm. that's all. Because I think that's what South Africa did. They were very clever in um, frustrating France, and they were in O'Keefe's ear all fucking game, weren't they? So yeah, we'll see. I so, think it might work in our favour. Let, let's talk about Saturday first. So I, I mean, Wales, Argentina. Um, I didn't see it. I was I was up and down the motorway after the Gloucester game, so I didn't see any of it. I saw like two minutes of it at the end, basically, when Argentina scored the intercept. But um, it, it, again, it feels like a missed opportunity for Wales. That would you, would, I think, most of us probably would have suspected based on the form going into the into that game. Wales had been on a good run. Um, Argentina were a bit up and down, but Argentina just took their chances. Argentina and... played quite well. I thought it was Santi's best game of the World Cup as well. He mm. he was carving through. And the tackle on Louis Rissamit is one of the best tackles in the corner I've seen in a long time. It's one of the best try-saving tackles. How he got him into touch. Because normally you'd put your house on Louis scoring that kind of try. And... Mm. They just didn't take. That was their best chance, but there there are lots of other squandered chances. I, I, so I watched it back, and, and, and well. there's a there's a few there's a few absolute sitters that Wales missed. Yeah. Not not you know that I mean even that one that if if uh, if he goes if as he as he goes inside if he has a look outside, it's just a it's, it's a difficult pass, but it's a pass on and and Louis in or I think even there's a pop to the to the his right and he's someone's underneath the post. I mean I I literally don't remember it that game that well because the game after was just another level it goes back to like snowy said you got international and then you had that game and the france just just the the intensity was ridiculous well let's move on to the island new zealand game and and i had a funny feeling all week that it 
it because a lot of people say Ireland, it's it'll be an Ireland win. You know, New Zealand aren't the same side they were. Um, but one thing we we've said routinely, what was Ireland's biggest Achilles heel? Their scrum. And at the end of the day, it's their scrum that has let them down, particularly Mr. Porter and the fact he can't scrum his straight. Uh, was it Russ? You put me the point about that photo. Jim, that, Jim put Jim, it up. To the be photo, fair. The, the photo of the photo. It's of not the, even a photo, Ed. It's a drawing. It's a drawing. Yeah. <laughs> so Porter's, the artist Porter's is an design. angle on the drawing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, there, again. There was loads of memes within the first five minutes of Wayne Barnes. You know, Wayne Barnes refereeing the scrum and the breakdown properly. Oh, but and then you got like the old Ralph Wiggum, I'm in danger meme going around. There's some delicious irony to this, though, isn't there? Because he knocked, you know, if you listen to the, the conspiracy theories, he knocked New Zealand out by refing the breakdown fairly a few World Cups ago. So, so I mean, that and missing a blatant forward pass. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, I, what I'll say is I feel really sorry for Ireland in a lot of mm. ways because they were so humble in the previous rounds. You know, I mean, it was just those really quiet, respectful playing a zombie, the little walk around, the polite applause. It, it wasn't like they set themselves up for a fall here, was it? And, I, I, you know, in hindsight, I kind of had a feeling that they wouldn't get any further for two reasons. A, they never fucking do. And B, it's almost like if you beat the All Blacks in before the World Cup and piss them off, it's almost like that's generally not a good idea to do because they kind of then decide, right, we've got a point to prove. And are they not as good as they been before probably but are they still ridiculously good when they decide to turn up yes and that's what they did it was knockout rugby they're not going to not show up are they and no. i think we all messaged in the whatsapp group when they scored that one try i think literally every response was holy shit or fucking hell <laughs> it was just it was just like a ridiculous change of gear wasn't it that one yeah. try was ridiculous and then you're just kind of like you boys are in trouble here and again Rain Barnes made Ireland compete properly at the breakdown. Um, Snowy, your your view on the New Zealand Ireland game? I mean, it was again, as Russ has alluded to, there's a there's a there's a difference in international rugby, and then there's a difference in international rugby, and that was just a massive step up on on other games we'd seen so far at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, it. Again, it's one of those that, yes, New Zealand won, but that almost takes something away from Ireland because there was, if you played another five minutes, it could have gone the other way. Yeah. It's five minutes short, it would have gone the other way. Um, it was it was just end-to-end stuff. And what what I've enjoyed about these like top-end games is that we're, we've had lots of good games, and maybe you could say this about the first, about the South African Island game. Mm. where the intensity is just that much above everything else. And that's why it's enjoyable because you're on the edge of your seat and they're just smashing bells out of each other. But in both these games, the attack and movement and speed of ball and then second guessing what someone's going to do to so the defence has stepped up as well. Was, it was just every part of the game was good. And I think this is like... With, with all the various law changes and things that have come in to try and make rugby better, they're thinking about teams playing at this level of quality because it, these, yeah. are games <laughs> that you, these are games that you couldn't have got 10, 15 years no. ago. And as a neutral, you know, if you're watching ITV and you come across that game and you don't know much about rugby union, either of those two games at the weekend, you'd have been on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jim, that last phase, that last, that last period of, of play, 
in terms of the Irish retention of ball, the New Zealand discipline for not going in on the rucks where they didn't have a chance. It was just, again, I, I mean, I, I, I'm totally neutral. I wanted New Zealand to win, but totally neutral. And and um, there's there's inherent bias here. But I was just, I, I if, New, if, if Ireland had scored there, it would have been regarded as one of the greatest sort of ends of games oh, ever you know just absolutely just... and i'm i'm a neutral and i wanted ireland to win to be honest yeah um and what was it was it 37 phases yeah 37 phases yeah. um you know 37 phases um and it wasn't as you can quite often quite often get in in that sort of scenario you can have five five to ten phases where you make gradual territory and then there's something and you lose 20 metres and then you kind of work your way back up. But this was just plod, 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 plod. Oh, there's a bit of a break. Mm. Now we've, we've suddenly gone to the other end of the pitch um, or the other side of the pitch and we're 20, 20 metres further up. And then you work really, really hard to bring it back into midfield and, and across the other side. And it was just, I mean... The and and you, you know you mentioned um, the New Zealand defence and how disciplined they were. I was amazed because I was yeah. watching them like a hawk, and they really were. They they were, they they clearly had total faith that if they carry on defending as they know they can, they will force the error, or as transpired in the end, um, there will be that incredibly small opportunity to yeah. go for go for the turnover which um because because they didn't they didn't try they didn't try and go for the turnover very much no. if at all during all those phases um and i think that's it's kind of one of those nobody wants to be that one player yeah. you know if you're the player that gives away the penalty therefore they've got a free ball Therefore, they're going to go into the corner. Corner, yeah, and, and have them all. Um, so nobody wanted to be that player to, unless it was ninety nine percent on, go for the jackal, um, and and potentially lose a footing and come off your feet or whatever it might be to give away the penalty. So I, I just thought it was superb rugby. Yeah, I mean, it was, and, and as I said. We'll come on to the South Africa-France game in a second, but um, I, I definitely felt Barnes made it. Again, Wayne Barnes, because he refereed the game in a particular way and he looked at the breakdown and the scrums in a particular way, that made it an entertaining game. And ironically, because Ben O'Keefe refereed the South Africa-France game in a particular way, despite me screaming at the television, what the fuck are you doing? Um, it did make it an ent- it did help it become an entertaining game. I think it would have always been an entertaining game because of how the intensity and how ridiculous that first forty minutes in particular was. But just on one final thing regarding, there's been a lot of stuff about Sexton and and his his career, and no doubt he is up there is one of the best tens fly halves players of all time, right? You you, you know, regardless of what we think of him as a person and his off field stuff and and. Just, you know, his disciplinary issues and stuff. He is undoubtedly one of the greatest rugby players of his generation and one of the best players of all time. Um, however, I loved it. 
when he when he was nearly crying. I know I know it's not it's pretty cruel, but I just felt there's that little bit of me is like, yep, uh, karma's a I, bit. I think Omani was more enjoyable for me. Well, um, yeah, I mean, so you put up a great thing. I think you. Found oh, the shit housing from New Zealand. So Jesus yeah, this is Christ. Yeah, uh, I only uh, had said something to Sexton. Sexton reacted. No one knew what the hell was going on. He'd obviously said something, uh, and apparently it was along the lines of. I'm assuming there might be a few expletives in it. Enjoy retirement and don't miss the flight home. To which Sexton reacted. And Metallics then, is better. Brody Metallic. Like Brody Retallick got one back on Irish back row, Peter Omani, um, who I think, did he say that he was, uh, he said to Sam Kane, wasn't it? That he said, yeah, Sam Kane is funnier, isn't it? Yeah, he, he said, said to Sam shit. Kane, you're a shit, Richie McCord. Sam Kane's knocked them out in two World Cups now. Yeah, uh, but it's Oi Peter, four more, four more years, you fuckwit, was apparently the quote. <laughs> which... I mean, that's the thing with Ireland. One of the reasons that makes it funnier is because they bet the house on winning this World Cup, didn't they? They've gone all in. They've they've sacrificed. There's a lot of stuff about the um about the. I mean, I think you know Razzie's on a full troll at this point. But Razzie's was mentioning in the in his press conferences, early press conference this week, around about the fact that he said England and South Africa have rotated their squads, unlike others, and it has been a thing that's been mentioned that Ireland played full strength squads and full strength teams against the likes of Romania and and others and and did they need to it's not even that Ed. they've they've sacrificed the development of other players at the expense of the likes of Sexton Omani so they've gone all in on this world cup cycle that's i think there's something like 17 of their players are over the age of 30 so they're not going to be there the next world cup so yeah, they've got a, a big there. rebuild that that's right, but they were good enough to win it as well. I think. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. So I'm not disputing that. So, but it, it it goes mm. back to it's almost England 2003, wasn't it? Where we had to win it with that squad at the age it was. It was now or never, and it feels like that was almost it. For, they haven't got past the quarterfinals. This was their best chance. You I do feel. wonder if they had put a little less on the line against against South Africa, would they have then got over the line against New Zealand? Because that in yeah, in that, respect, that game just simply didn't matter. No, they were both getting qual- they were both qualifying, yeah. and it would have meant that they played France. Yeah, fundamentally, it, 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 they were going to have to play one of those teams and then play the other one in the final. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Did it? Did it? Really it didn't matter? give them an easier route, did it? But then, but then, mentally, and this is where I think I was pleased um, that France won the opening game because I th- I felt that for the French. <clears throat> And the French crowd, mm. they needed to win that game against New Zealand, that opener. And New Zealand could quite happily go, oh shit, never lost a pool game before. Never mind. I and think, I think <laughs> it's that mental belief that that um, South Africa, uh, you know, they like, yeah, whatever, we don't care. We're not, we're not bothered about winning all the games. We're just winning about that one, that last one. Well, yes, yeah, so, I mean, South Africa lost in New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. I, I, I think that was I think that was Ireland's problem, wasn't it? They the way they celebrated that game afterwards, you were kind of sat there going, guys, you haven't done anything yet. You've given um, yourself an extra knockout game, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. But like the zombie going around the stadium, the way they were going around, like doing laps of honor, it was kind of like, God, you you have yeah. to win it. You have to win it now. Um, well, that, 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 that comes that that humility. You know, you, you win a semi-final. Do you celebrate winning a semi-final? Or are you like yeah, that was good. Well done. 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I think by 2003, I remember 2003, England didn't really celebrate in 2003, did they? Because no. they knew that their job, their job was to win it. But yeah, um, but no, just on on moving on to South Africa, France, because we thought, I think a lot of people thought New Zealand Ireland was probably as good as it was going to get for this World Cup. And then on Sunday evening, certainly the first 40 minutes, I've never seen a game of rugby explode like that and then just continue at that level ever snowy again i'll let you come in first yeah on youtube you can watch the first 15 minutes and it's probably the best first 15 minutes ever in the history of rugby it is just insane end to end smashing each other like flares pace just you, you can't think of something it was missing really you are no. properly smiling saying that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so, so good. Go watch it back. It is probably the, one of the best games of rugby ever. And, you know, the second half is different, but it's still a hell of a game. The intensity, it's more defensive. But I, I literally cannot think of anyone who had a bad game. And, you know, some of the French performances were ridiculous. And, that, you know, and South Africa, I mean... It's a bet. I don't know how he tracks back for that one, that one tackle. Like, like oh yeah, the turnover. Yeah, the turnover. And then he tackle, chased that. Yeah. You know, there's there were performances all over it. it. It was one of those games where you probably well, I did want the side to lose because I don't like one of them. But credit where it's due. But I, neither side deserved to lose that game. And I almost like if England weren't in the semi-final, I'd be like, sack off all the other games and make that a best of five series for the rest of the World Cup because I could quite happily watch them play rugby all day. Well, was... One interesting thing to know is that if England do somehow, by by a miracle, get through to the final, tickets are going to be easy to get because yeah. Ireland and France are the ones that are suddenly reselling all their tickets. Yeah. There's tickets. I got an email today saying there's tickets available. <laughs> yeah. They were 550 euros, so I'm not touching them with a barge pole, but... There are tickets available for both semi-finals. Um, you can rock because... up on the day. You can rock up on day and get one for less than face value off a Frenchman. I, I, I'm confident. I, I, absolutely. You, if you if you really want if you want to chance your arm on Saturday and uh, Friday night, I mean, if, even if you did get in, you'd still be out of an atmosphere, wouldn't it? Around there, probably not like... in no, not there, mate. It's not the yeah, nicest not, part of Paris. Not <laughs> not in the of I mean, this is what I'm disappointed because I think. You know, the Irish and the French would have made such a great atmosphere in Paris. Yeah. And I think it is a real shame for the tournament that the French aren't in it. To lose both. I mean, that's the thing. I think if we, I think, again, we all have our favourites and who we think. I didn't want Ireland to win because I just don't think I could have coped with the, just, Um, but, but at the same time, if they got through, you would have expected them to win the win the tournament because I think that's that's their mental block, the quarterfinal. I think if, if France had got to the final, you've always got that doubt with the French because you never know what they're going to do. But I, I felt the French, if they'd beaten, if they'd won on, I, I actually think that basically it's going to be France or South Africa. That was my. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think see, I think South Africa are going to win it. I, I could see I could see New Zealand turning South Africa over if it got to it. I think what was dis- the one thing that is disappointing about that that game is there's still some dodgy decisions that like the charge yeah. down on Colby, the Kobe's charge. Well, the Colby that, one, pe- that penalty, settled, the, the penalty, penalty yeah. Quagga Smith had his hands on the floor for about a week. Yeah. 
Yeah, he the, was the, not the penalty at the end, to, the, for, for that to be the decision that led to the points to win it, I think is unfortunate. I think the Colby one has been settled. If you see, there's an angle from behind it's, the yeah, from behind now. Yeah, I, I think my pretty... point is, it should have been what, looked where he, at. Where he starts his run and gets two thirds of the way before. Oh no, no Eddie played with Ramos, so he knows Ramos is run up. No, no, you, you, it, so basically, the the there is a forward movement by Ramos. Uh, it's very clear, um, and and Colby goes in that, that I, forward I think movement. It's, it's a forward movement. It, so. It is fresh. It's still a frustration to me that rugby games have such an impact on who the ref is. You know, it is so erratic. I mean, we haven't even touched on the Carl Dixon decision in the um, Wales Argentina game, which I well, liked it. I thought it was the right decision. Argentina um, won. Com- that's why. No yeah, one yeah. But no, but in all seriousness, I thought it was good. To- but interpretation is massive in rugby on the refs and it is yeah. just disappointing that there's a couple of defend decisions that people can bitch and moan about and it's also really annoying that the team that causes that because of their coach are potentially going to win the world cup because yeah. they, their chops in throughout that game was ridiculous as well and i hope they get a referee at some point i mean it'd be funny if they get wayne barnes in the final well um, barnes he deserved to world cup final yeah so that's number one. But I, I, one thing I would say is, yes, for all of the criticism over Keith, and I wasn't a fan of the way he refed, particularly the breakdown. I thought there was, it was dangerous at times. Some of the, some of the way that the players were flying, not just the South Africa, the French as well. But I think, as Snowy mentioned earlier, really important to note is the France played into South Africa's hands by being yeah, so loose. They were almost. Unfrance-like. If you could look at France over the last four years, they their, their their standard way of playing is it's something like three or four phases or twenty seconds, and then they kick it. And they didn't do that as much on on Sunday. And they had a lot of opportunities in the twenty tour coming into the twenty two where they spilled ball. They were forcing it when they didn't need to. I think they got a bit carried away, particularly in that first half, where actually. What they could have done with is a George Ford slotting drop goals. Just putting a couple of drop goals over, making it a 9, 12, 15 point lead rather than a six point lead and giving a snafka that opportunity to get a try and you're back in it or back in your ahead. And I think that's where France let, lost it. Not because of O'Keefe, not because of that one decision where uh, Smith's, you know, Quagga's on the, on the floor and stuff, because... Even after that, you look at the last five minutes or three minutes when France have made two, three brilliant breaks through the middle and then they cough the ball up. I, I think, and I think some of that, Ed, was, you've got to give credit to South Africa making yeah. play that way. I mean, I, I joked about it earlier, but when they caught got the mark and they called scrum and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And then you saw how they dominated the scrum. And I, I think that was what they, they deliberately were trying to get the French rattled to get them to start chucking the ball around and, yeah. you know, basically be France. And I think that's where it'll be interesting to see with England. Cause I think we might have, I hope we've got enough of a mental edge to go, no, we're not getting sucked into playing these games. That That's it's, where, yeah. where it'll be Snowy said it might have thing. to be, it might have to be a boring game, which yeah, it's, it's a semi-final at this point. Entertainment is a, is an added bonus. You, it's about winning. That's all it's I about. I mean, it'll be, and it will be fucking hilarious. Cause you could just imagine all the Celtic nations losing their shit at home. If it's as dull, can you imagine if we got to the final and it was six, three or something like that? Just, just the meltdown it would cause would be 
just worth it. Well, we all know the Celtic nations are going to be fully on board with England as the only Northern well, Hemisphere it was, it was funny when someone put an article out saying they should now get behind England yeah, that was, to support I did them, see that. That was Jim. Which is the best uh, bit of trolling I've ever seen. It was Jim White, who's normally yeah. a football correspondent uh, and is known for this type of stuff. Uh, he also suggested that um, Scotland and Wales should step aside and let Ukraine qualify for the World Cup just out of, because it would be a nice thing to do. So he's he's kind oh, of Oh no, it's a great bit he, of trolling though. He's got form for it. Just on the on the mark though, and I was trying to work this out. Snowy, Jim, uh I'll bring you in here as well. Can you remember a, a I think I've got one, but I might have misremembered this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you first. Can you remember a time when someone has called a mark and then opted for a scrum over a just free kick clearance? No, I think I remember one, but it, it, it's, again, it might be misremembered. I, 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 I'm not sure, sure you can remember one. Me and Jim definitely. No, I, I. It sounds like something someone in a doubties match would do, just because they wouldn't know how to kick the ball into no, touch. No, 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 but no, I can't no. think of a genuine. You have to know the laws. Yeah, that's yeah, that is true. I, I <laughs> literally, I because I, I, I literally can't think of. So anything. the one I, the one I think, I think I remember. And if there are anybody, if there is anybody listening who can correct me or or suggest I'm absolutely talking bollocks, but when we played Saracens in that do or die relegation match that ended up not meaning anything at all in 1996, I seem to remember from a, I just have this thing in my head about that. That was one of those things where someone caught the ball on a mark and we opted for a scrum because we were absolutely murdering them in the scrums. And we got a penalty, and we cleared to halfway, and got the we got the line out halfway. I, 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 mean, I have a that's did, my. Would we have got the line out in '96? Yes, it's a penalty. You always got the line out. Didn't to stop. Didn't when it first. Yeah, no. always. Yeah, that's yeah. always been a law. So if you if you if you have a penalty kick, you would always be given the you line. Certainly, out. you certainly would have done by '96. '96, Jim. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean, but no, no. no so from my from my uh, ever since I've watched rugby. A penalty, you would always get. Uh, you would always get the line. Okay, I think the other thing we haven't mentioned in that game, for all the great skill, it's also got the worst okay. kick for touch <laughs> from penalty I've ever seen. We're and backwards. I, I like genuinely, like I think I said to you, I I saw oh well Thomas do a twenty-two meter drop out that went out on his five meter line. Um, it was fucking awful. Like it just summed that game up. It literally had everything, and then like that was just one of the worst kicks I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. It was remarkable. So a, a game full of so much quality had equally two of the weirdest moments I've ever seen in a rugby match. Um, now we're gonna close off our semi our quarterfinal review there. Now let's just do a quick semi final pre- uh, uh, prediction. New Zealand, Argentina. Any hope for Argentina at all, really? Uh, they've beaten New Zealand before, um, but they don't look like the side they were when they did that, do they? Um, no. But Snowy. they were better against. They Wales. were better. Yeah, they yes. were. So better. they've been all tournament. Yeah. So uh, if they I... improve again, and New Zealand are, and just as South Africa, I'm sure will be battered and bruised emotionally is probably more than else yeah but the, i think yeah they, can they and and i think this is where whoever won those two games so mm. so you, our new zealand and our south africa 
they have got an easier game playing against England or playing against Argentina. Yeah, but I think to kind of have a rest and still win. I mean, before having to do it again in a final. I, I think the thing with that New Zealand team is people talk about them not being as good. They're still bloody good. They've they've got people who won World Cups in that team. Mm. They've got a very good core still. Yeah, and and they have got better. I mean, they look. You know. That result against Italy was was no fluke, was it? They they put no. marker down, I, and they I, they are getting better as the World Cup goes. And it wasn't I, like they were that bad against France, really. No, no, no. They played they played well against France, but what what I a bit like Ireland, their Achilles heel is their scrum, and you can get away with it against Ireland because Ireland scrum was their Achilles heel, um, and and fundamentally the, it was then came down to. You know, opportunities, a missed kick by Sexton fundamentally is pretty much what costs them the game. Um, the, I mean, I I can't really see, genuinely can't see an Argentina win, but strange things have happened, but I just can't see it. And then England, South Africa, we kind of already touched on. I, again, I'd love, I'd love to us for us to be in the game with five minutes to go, because you never know what could happen. I just um, think quick, quick, quick law question on the France game. Mm. Are you allowed to check? Is the TMO able to check for a charge charge down kick? Uh, yes, because it's a scoring opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would be. Yeah, yeah. same as because they, apparently it's, they, it's, check, it's they absolute, did check it. Apparently, well, they can't have checked it <laughs> because that's impossible. Because he was ten meters bloody. It started his ten meters into his run before there was any movement from the fire off whatsoever. No, no. The as I said, the the um, Ramos had made uh, made a movement. Absolutely, hundred percent. There's a, there's a there's a particular there is a review. There is an angle. Uh, somebody, just a supporter, was taking a photo, taking a video of the um, the kick from behind the goal, and you can see the forward movement by Ramos, and then Colby goes. Um, and I think to be fair, he just timed it perfectly. Um, it, it, you know, Colby's ridiculously quick. I mean, that's a fundamental yeah, thing. But... The video I've got, he's just stood still when he starts running. Um, it's any forward movement, isn't it's it? It's any like forward literally movement. If you yeah. lean forward, yeah. So counts. Ramos, Ramos does this thing where he sort of raises himself up as he's moving forward. So it's like a sort of he, he sort of steps back, then raises up, and it's at that raise bit when he moves foot a little bit upwards in his in his stance. That's the start of his movement, and then uh, Colby goes. Um, but um, I'm, I'm yeah. with you, James. I'm with you. I, 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 you. I, I, for full disclosure, I think it looked dodgy to me. I think Ed's going a bit um, JFK also, magic I think bullet here. I, there's I, another I, I, angle. Yeah, if we're going back to that match, how on earth did they not spend more time looking at Etzbeth's blooming slap? Because but again, I mean, I think I think I've seen it. Sub- oh, yeah, I've seen it subsequently, it, and it looked it fine. He slapped it backwards, and this is like if that had gone forward. That is a stonewall yellow card. Mm. Right? It's, uh, Possibly even a penalty try. And because the ball went back, it's fair game. Old it's it's one of my pet peeves. I think I ranted on this before. And I think Loz gnaws me out of my argument. But yeah, I, I just <laughs> hate any... I think whether the ball goes backwards, whether it goes forward, if you're deliberately slapping the ball down to kill it, like you do in touch, it, to me, it feels cynical. And it's one of those things, it wouldn't surprise me if they changed the laws because they're trying to make the game more free-flowing. Yeah, it, I agree, Jim. It it, it doesn't it sit right with me. A it's, massive, massive, massive cool. risk. And it came off in yeah. the most fantastic mm-hmm. way. 
because um, um, that yeah, fair play to him. That was a fourteen point turn range, and his track back. If you watch, there's a video. His track back is ridiculous. The effort he busts to get there. I'm not his biggest fan, but he was phenomenal in that game. To be fair. Um, sorry, just a quick um, thing on the uh, final thing on the World Cup and, and that game. Yeah, um, the, the final thing on that bit of the game was the... Um, so the only thing I got really annoyed about was, and it's just like, this is where I got annoyed with O'Keefe more than anything else, was he was inventing fucking rules and laws. So it was when basically the ball hit O'Keefe and he went, yeah. play on. Play on. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> That's literally, yeah. That's just I was not going, how it worked. I was going ape shit. And I know, I know... I know the balls of South Africa, they got the ball back, blah, 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 blah. But no, that's not how the rule works. It's an instant stoppage of the game. The balls hit the ref. You can't just invent rules, O'Keefe, you dickhead. Anyway, right. Sorry, rant over. Right, moving on just quickly. A couple of things we have to touch on. First of all, uh, Friday night, it's uh, obviously in Gloucester, uh, Newcastle, but it's also uh, Friday six morning. O'clock. Ugh, no, six o'clock. Six o'clock horrible uh but also friday morning it's england Ro- red roses versus the wallaroos or what the hell the bloody hell they call them in the women's 50 i don't it's a weird tournament i don't know really yeah that um that's on so you know if you want to watch some more international rugby um and maybe a, a more of a chance of england winning that game uh tune into that um on the uh talk up chat of women's rugby uh it's not immune to losing teams so uh worcester worcester warriors women or worcester university women however it was being uh, t- uh termed they went pop yesterday as we record this on the wednesday uh not really surprised um the funding was the funding model wasn't particularly clear uh i think it was basically being propped up by the university who clearly can't afford to run a uh, a women's premier 15 team um and it now means that the only tenants of six waves currently are uh, the university team, I think, and a non-league football team. So, uh, so Wasps will be moving in soon. Yeah, Wasps are definitely going to move in. Let's be honest. That's that's what's going to happen. That's always what's going to happen. Why why keep the charade going? It will become Wasps or Worcester Wasps or however you want to call it. Um, that's going to happen eventually. Um Bad for Worcester. That's that is now Worcester Warriors dead, fundamentally. Um, there is no chance of that ever being resurrected. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad outcome though, because Worcester are a franchise. They don't have a, any agreed any sort of history or anything, and it's still Worcester, so the Worcester fans can get on board. So in a way, that might that might sort of make sense. Yeah, and it's it just, does roll off the tongue. Worcester exactly. wasps until it just yeah. becomes wasps again, because that's what's going to happen. Because yeah. it's wasps, um, um, and that, so that's that. And then the other bit of uh, news was that Gloucester have secured a home semi-final in the Premiership Cup. Uh, they will be playing uh, Exeter because Ealing uh, were given their five points against Jersey, and therefore they get a home semi-final against Leicester. Now, uh, yeah, they're, they're, and their points difference was already better than us. Yeah, it was two points so, already better than us. Yeah. So even though they got a twenty nil, so they got a plus twenty point points difference. That didn't actually that that wasn't the bit that made the difference, was it? The bit that made the difference was the fact that they were given the four tries. And... Anyway, um, the final bit uh, is Loz brilliantly tweeted this before um, the 
the, we started recording, he's not on because he's still not very well, uh, bless him, um, was possibly something that I've banged on about for years that we should be doing. But uh, Loz is definitely against this. Um, and this is the, 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 the talk that there are uh, talks to establish a British and Irish Super League that would include clubs from South Africa and Italy, uh, and they have taken place between executives from the home unions and the leagues. Now, obviously, I'm not going to make us talk about that now, but it's just an interesting thing that's coming through the Telegraph, uh, which are normally I, pretty... I, personally, the... I don't think we ever need to talk about it. I think you should just put out Snowy's big sigh and facepalm. <laughs> that just needs to become a mem because I think that sums up everyone except yours opinion, Ed. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... It's interesting. There's a lot of people saying, no, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. I'm a very fundamentally a, 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 a um, someone who supports this idea because... Because we the... know Ed's, Ed's quest for the NFL of rugby union. Yeah, I, I think I've, I've, I've put a lot of meticulous time and research into this nuanced it, just looked at all the views. And because Ed, the only the deciding is because Ed's so in favour of it. I feel yeah. so yeah, strongly against Ring it. Because he's Change got all, to be... Give all yeah. the teams franchise names. Yeah. Put all their money into a central pot and divvy it between everyone. This is the future. Yeah, it'll be exactly the same. It's just there'll be five thousand fans instead of six thousand fans. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, no, maybe, but I just think it's, if if it's the only way in the short, well, in in the medium to long term, the only way to to let uh, English rugby, let alone European rugby outside of France, survive, we have to look at. I, making, I think making this the route. English I don't think I don't think South African money. clubs. I have to be honest. I, I was going to no, say no, don't like the South they African can get in the bin. Yeah. They can fuck yeah. off. I don't like this idea of South African clubs. They can jog on. Um, but I, I think a, I'm not, I would even include Italy. I'm not really to the point, really to the point. Italian, the Italian rugby is not going to be brought up through this, but I, I think a British league has always made sense to me. Um, just, it, it makes far more sense. And then you can, and make it. Well, it's starting a, to make more sense now. More clubs are disappearing. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, but that's the point is, yeah, I agree. When there was 15, 16 teams, you could potentially have an English league and they were all competitive. Yeah, you don't need a British Super League, but when you... I mean, we, we could do... We're trying not to do this, but we could literally do a podcast on the reasons oh, behind this. I just... I think... Well, we 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 can certainly do that when there's not oh, a Oh, dear game. God, can we, just still, not, it, it, can we just not... Can we just agree it's a yeah. shit idea? It's still, it's still pretty hard to remove any English clubs and replace them with Scottish or Welsh clubs where they're going to get more fans. I just think it's a shit idea. Um and please don't make us do a podcast on it because I don't want to nose off with you for three hours about it. I, I, I think that's the best idea you've had all. all well, you all can. Years. I just Ed, Ed to... is asking for Gloucester Rugby to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the crux of what we're talking about. Because yeah. I, I, I think. Sod it. Oh, and, and, and tear down the shed. It should be, Ed, it should be an all seater. We can call it. Playing... What are we going to call the podcast when it also incorporates our, our Gloucester Bath? I and think that's my point, Ed. Is I think you have too much faith in the powers that be that they won't no try to merge faith. us. 
you they'll merge us with Bath and Bristol. You it will ju- is, it's just got a shit is, idea written all over me. What I love about this is the fact that this is literally just a telegraph article that said there's been talks. We all know that what those talks involved. Can we have more money from that then? No. Well, we do, don't want to do it. But That's like, literally the talks. I, I'm no, saying this. Like Ed proposes it and people like me and us shoot it down. Thought- On that note, thank you very much, guys. Uh, we've managed to rattle through uh, two of the best games of rugby ever. One of the most ridiculous games of rugby will last five minutes of it. And an England game. That's really significantly well done. Uh, we are going to be back next week. We'll be talking about um, the semi-finals. England, uh, in Gloucester's trip to Newcastle, please God, just turn up for once, for Christ's sake. Um, and uh, Jim and I will probably have a chat about the first weekend of the uh, W15 League One thing. Yeah, because it's a bit weird that the the League Two and League Three have already started, but the top one hasn't. But there we go. Yeah, you know, because build interest, Jim, by not having any of the games televised. Um, <laughs> no, they're on ITVX, aren't they? Are, are they? That's yes. good. Yeah, that's good. Because everyone's got that. Um, anyway, on well, that note. Yeah, they have. It's like oh. a free download. Yeah. <laughs> Jim's on commission. I don't know how he gets any money from it, but, you know. Right, on that note, thanks very much, guys. Um, also, just one final thing, because he has now announced it socially and, and, and on Facebook. Congratulations, Snow. Uh, it's uh, It'll all be fun. It'll all be fun. Snowy's having baby a baby, boy. by the way. Baby Rodney, yeah. And uh, a new Cherry and White supporter. God help us all. Uh, and, um, yeah, so congratulations, Snowy. Yeah, Katie's like, it's not getting a Gloucester shirt. And I'm like, I am overruling you. <laughs> it's getting it. No, that's literally, if that's oh, not yeah. if, if that's Just... not the first thing it wears as it's leaving hospital, you failed as a father. I mean, the easy, the easy way around it, the easy way around it is get someone else to buy it as a present. You can't do much about that then, can you? Like, well, she's she's like, well, it's going to support Wales. I'm like, I'm, I'm fine with that because no, it can, no. I can, no, because it can actually make its own choice. Yeah, I, I think that's, the, that's the, a spectacular quote. It's going to support Wales. I'm fine with that. Jeez, I just, I, I, there's sometimes you need to listen to yourself, and there's yeah, no, but that, that's, 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 that's the compromise. Like, you're not even it? sleep deprived, and you're saying it's stuff like, like that. At the end of the day, it's going to identify with a nationality, so it'll it'll find its own way. But the club, oh, you need to enforce Spanish. that from. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, when you said identified as, I thought we were going down another tunnel entirely. There. <laughs> yeah, but also yeah, yeah. we are having a gender reveal party on its 60th birthday. <laughs> agenda. <laughs> so yes, really happy for Snow, uh, and also Russ as well. Actually, congratulations while we were away. Um, the uh, finalisation of adoption for Kenzie came through. Yeah. So that's all brilliant as well. So everyone's. You know, everyone's having kids, and yeah, he and, he, uh, fell, he, fell as, he fell asleep in the car on the way home. That's how delighted he is to be a Brooks officially. Yep. So, congratulations, both of you, and we will be back next week to chat about rugby, 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 and I imagine something else because we always do. All the best, guys. Cheers. Cheers.